Hi there, welcome to the Isogo TV podcast from isogostrong.com. I'm your host, Becky Hammond, and you and I gather here on this podcast to fixate on strength in our families, on our teams, because when we start from assuming strength of each other, we can make relationships easier. This is episode 122. This is the second episode in a series that will run for this entire month. It's called Lockdown Leadership and the five themes that shine through from the best of the best leaders. This series came about by starting to ask some questions like what are the best leaders doing right now? What did they do so well and learn, maybe in the hard way, in this crazy world crisis that now that they're carrying forward to help their teams in times that really do continue to be uncertain? Because in the midst of it all, these best leaders are still thriving. As a leader or of, of a team or family yourself, I know you've been tried in recent months, you've experienced some element of lockdown, of, of not being able to operate as you always have been able to do. In this series, I got to con- collaborate with the internationally known coach and consultant, Murray Guest. And as both of us have worked with leaders over the past several months, there have been some serious themes that have emerged that are really making the best leaders thrive. In the previous episode, we talked about the impact and prevalence of grace and kindness in leadership. So check that out if you haven't had a chance yet. Today, the second theme is about communication. I think that we can say that communication has always been important and it always will be. But the way that leaders are exercising this key element is really what has us turning our heads. We define it, share some stories, pass on the best practices that we've seen, and even leave you with a couple ways to practice it in your own role as a leader. So let's dive in. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon, Murray. How are you today? I'm really good, Becky. Thank you. Um, It's fresh morning here, uh, winter, of course, in the Southern Hemisphere, but I'm really appreciating the, the coolness and I'm appreciating... Honestly, I'm really appreciating the sunrises each each morning at the moment, um, and I'm loving starting my day chatting to you about leadership, something that we're so passionate about. So tell me, what are we getting into today? <laughs> it kind of sounds like a little bit like a game show, right? Like, so what's up next, right? Uh, <laughs> um, now, you know what? This series, we just, we, um, one Uh, you heard before, you might've caught that before. It's always about grace and kindness. And really what we're talking about is about what are good leaders doing right now and what has come out of this time of crisis. Um, You know, we started asking ourselves, what are they doing? What did they do so well? And what did they learn? Maybe even the hard way um, during this crazy world crisis that, that we see them carrying forward into what might end up being a new normal or maybe uncertainty is the new normal. And so what works as a leader as we move into a time that, that maybe feels just as an uncertain, if not more practiced at least at this point. Um, and so the themes that we are talking about over these five podcasts are grace and kindness, which you can check in the last episode, communication, we're talking about that today, individualization and flexibility, clarity and taking care of self. So today we are going to dive into this concept uh, about communication. Um, And communication is something that I think is, um, it's an overused word. So maybe I would choose Mm -hmm. a different one, or maybe we can define it in a way that, um, that, that really separates it from just like, okay, yeah, good communication uh, is a good idea. Uh, What do we mean by communication, Marie? 
I think that's a really good point. Can I just say, Becky, on communication, over the years when I've been running workshops um, and I have asked teams, what could we do better? And people say mm. communication. And I go, oh, because it's <laughs> like, <laughs> it's such a broad word and it can it mean... Is. I could ask 20 people to write down on a piece of paper in a room, what's communication? I get 20 different answers. So you're right. It it means so much. I mean, so much. Uh, So I think that's an important point that let's be clear when we say communication, what are we talking about? And um, also for people to think about what it means for them. The second thing though, before we get into it, I just want to mention something. I've been running a leadership program with a a team or a, a group of people at an organization this past couple of weeks And the question I've been asking in every session is who wants things to go back to the Mm. exact same way they were before this all happened, before we were working from home, working isolation. Yeah. And I'm, I'm say my quantitative analysis of these, you know, I've worked with 60 leaders in this group in the last two weeks. It's been honestly like one or two people. It's Mm. everyone wants it to, to change in some way for it to stay um, changed with these new ways of working, these new flexibilities, these new communication uh, processes happening. People don't want it to go back to the way they were. They can see the value and the benefit. So I think that's where these conversations are really important to actually take the time out and say, what is working and how do we um, leverage that and keep that going? Right. And not just fall back into the way we used to do things because we used to do them and they were comfortable and we we knew how to do it that way, but rather really pushing yourself as a leader and as a team to say, you know, what, what might work better and especially what might work better because some things just won't ever be the same. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And, um, communication, great question about when we say that, what do we mean? What are we talking about? So yes, there's the words we use. There's things that we say. Um, but there's also the, the amount of listening we're doing. So how much are we listening to each other, listening Mm -hmm. to our teams? And then there's the the whole other part of our communication, which is the energy we bring. There's the uh, body language. There's our hand gestures, um, yeah. there's all those little messages that we provide people. Um, a, a quote again from someone that I love working with is I can't hear what you're saying because what you're doing is so loud. Mm-hmm. So as much as we may be communicating, um, by speaking something, it's being lost through our behaviors as well. So the way we communicate is so much. And of course, with all of the changes in our ways of working, a lot of the behavioral communication is being lost in zoom and online meetings and things like that. So I think Mm. that's something that we need to be mindful of and, and to be honest, even tap into that even more to really watch and to really be focused in those, um, in those meetings and conversations. Yeah. So, yeah. So communication is something which I know for the people I've been working with has been um, focused on to see how that could be improved and how that can be, Uh, something which they take forward um, in the way they're working back to whatever the new normal is. So Becky, what's been happening with some of the clients you've been working with? What have you been hearing about this? It's kind of an interesting because as as you talk about like all the different aspects of communication, I also think about how um, it's kind of important at every level and in every space you occupy. And I think now more than ever, you know, we might have always said communication was important in our families and our work, but now we're saying 
the, uh, our families and our work might be together forever, or at least in new ways. And certainly they have been um, over the last several months. Um, and so I, a couple different stories, conversations come to my mind about leaders who've been really effective in having um, and communicating well and having, uh, sometimes that means having tough conversations. Sometimes that means having the hard conversation. Um, I think of, of a leader who, um, they, they were running this really big event and, um, it didn't go off well from a technological standpoint. The end goal mm -hmm, actually mm -hmm. was better than they expected. So that was the silver lining. But when she was going back to talk to her team about what went wrong on the tech side, um, there was, there was some pretty big defensiveness and she's just kind of wondering like, okay, how do I, how do I get the whole story? Um, and as we were talking, I realized if they don't have this conversation, then trust is breaking down. Um, and so mm -hmm. she, in the end, um, just said, in the end, she just asked for the straight story and said, I can back you up better to these other departments if, um, if I know exactly what happened, even if you were the one that was at fault or you had some fault in this, you know, like, and in general, most problems we have, every party has some fault. Um, and what that did was it led to more trust, not less. So less. So even though her, her leader that was working for her did have some like, Ooh, I don't know. That wasn't really the best, you know, that wasn't the best thing to do. So maybe it was a mistake. It instead built more trust because they were able to have a conversation and really able to communicate about that particular thing. Um, and so that's, that, that's one of the stories that stands out to me about the power of communication um, and just the challenge of it. It's not an easy thing to do as a leader. Yeah, I totally agree. And there's lots of um, programs and literature out there about having courageous conversations. Mm -hmm. And um, I think if anyone uh, wants to invest in having those conversations, you can check out some of that. And of course, we do talk about it in the Leaders Who Give a Damn program because having those conversations are what shapes the culture. And I think in the program, I might say something like every conversation is an opportunity to influence the culture. I think something you might I'm, say that I'm, because I think you do say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I say it a number of times. <laughs> big, big believer in it, big believer in it. And I think that's something which um, we can't lose sight of as leaders for every time we have those conversations, it's going to influence the culture in some way. And that culture of trust that you just referenced that that leader's generating and creating through having those conversations and owning her part. I heard that as well. Owning her part of whatever happened yeah. um, is so important. There's a quote I want to share as well that I looked up in preparation for this one, for this chat about communication. And it's from Leonard Safia, who's a public relations executive. And what he says is, in crisis management, be quick with the facts and slow with the blame. Mm. And, and that ties so well back to our conversation about grace as well, right? Mm, like mm. there's a pause there. There's that breath. If you're just practicing taking that breath now to inhale grace and exhale grace to other people, um, you just pausing to take the facts and don't just jump to conclusions. Yeah, and um, I, 
Yeah, it's something which, you know, in, in the times of crisis that we start to realise how important communication is. And what I do hope is anyone that's listening to this, they're actually taking that time out, taking the pause out to think, okay, how's my communication adjusted through this process mm. um, of working from home and different arrangements and how is it helping me be a better leader and mm. how can I keep that going forward? Um, a simple process, one of the teams that I've been working with uh, was doing they had a, a weekly meeting which to be honest wasn't that effective um hmm. they felt like it, it could have been clear in the purpose clear in the process but they were having it they were getting together what was happening was they they would meet for i think it was about an hour and a half sometimes oh, wow. for a week but they wouldn't chat that often throughout the week throughout hmm. the week you know every day they might have some project meetings but not that good effective alignment as a team and since working from home, they've implemented a daily huddle where mm. every morning, every morning without fail, they're on Zoom and they are connecting as a team and not just about what uh, the priorities today, what do we need to deliver mm. on? We're up to with some of our, our challenges and goals and some of our internal customers, which is a big focus for this team. But how are we? And they actually have a measure um, through to, to five of where's our health level at oh. and they actually share that and they check in on that and they talk about that and they support each other. Hmm. So um, I actually, luckily at the moment, I'm working with that team and they're talking about this and I said, okay, so who wants this to continue hmm. when you go back in the office and everyone's like, yes, me, me, me. Uh. We, we have to keep doing this. They, wow. the, the value um, of the alignment, the engagement, they're feeling more connected. And the, they were talking the other day about the speed of agility. Mm. So with this communication increase, so, and here's a thought, Becky, I'd love uh, your perspective on this. I think every team needs to talk more frequently, more regularly. Because I think too often we've got these old processes where I oh, will just talk about this in the meeting, you know, each week or each month yeah. or whatever it is. But when we talk more frequently for a shorter period of time in an effective meeting, it builds that alignment, builds that understanding, it builds that speed of decision making. Yeah. Yeah. The, a phrase that comes to mind, and I don't know if I just made this up or if I heard this somewhere. So let's just be honest about that. But <laughs> it, it makes me, it, it said, to me in my mind, it says less, more frequently. Right. So like this team that mm. was having hour and a half meetings, they're not meeting anymore, right? They're meeting the exact same amount of time if they're meeting every day of the week for five or for 15 minutes, yet they feel more connected. They feel less bored. They feel more engaged with each other. They understand their team better. They, from I know what I'm just hearing you say right now, like are working to, together better as a team, um, which I assume also means like getting to their goals in, um, in a more effective manner as well. And so, um, yeah, I, I love that. I, I think to be efficient and be connecting with people and working towards goals. I mean, to me, that's a dream as a leader. Yeah. 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 High achiever for Becky there getting. <laughs> hey, I put that connection in there for you and your relator. So, <laughs> <laughs> so something I think that you started to mention before, and I might've cut you off. So I do apologize, but that was my communication coming out. But what I'm just, <laughs> what I think is something 
that has been highlighted here in the past um, couple of months is also the importance of communication at home. Yeah. And um, what I've been sharing with some teams I've been working with is team meetings at home. And so we have team meetings mm. at work, you know, what's on our right. plate and, and what projects, but we need to have those at home as well. And um, Tammy and I had been having team meetings um, for some time and we, we explore a whole range of things of, you know, what's in the calendar for the children, yeah. what's on our calendar, who's coming, uh, who's going, what, you know, who needs the bandwidth the most on the Wi-Fi, yes. um, whatever, who needs the quiet time in the house. So stop talking, you know, so we can do all that. But I think uh, I'd like to know what you're hearing as well about this need for the increase of communication and clarity at home as well. Yeah. You know, there's one leader that, that brings to mind um, who actually has always worked from home. So she runs her own business from home. Um, but now all of a sudden she doesn't have a nanny. She doesn't have her kids in school. Her husband is a teacher is now at home working as well. Um, and one of the things I was just most impressed with by her is how they brought communication as their main tool for thriving during this time. They just said, okay, we're going to, I mean, communicate about the same things that you're talking about. Like, okay, I have, this important call at this time I you know it's a video recorded call we need I need all the bandwidth or I need the kids out of the house for these two hours or we're gonna have constant you know bickering in the background of all my you know all my recordings or of my coaching calls and so um, I was just very impressed how she brought that to the forefront you know this is a person who'd been married for a long time they've been working together for a long time in terms of running their family um, but it was the first time that they really had to like you say, have a team meeting about what, what, what is it going to be like to run and operate here? Um, and you know, I have to always bring it back to this, the big overarching theme of grace, because as you communicate, you are offering grace to each other. You're giving each other opportunities to compromise and to give and to take a little bit and to know that it's not going to be, it's not easy for either one of you, um, in this particular situation yet. It's, um, it's a worthy thing to, to fight for, that, um, that solid communication so everyone feels like they're operating on the same page. You know what? The other theme that I'm picking up with this theme of grace is also this theme of removing the assumptions or mm. validating our assumptions. So totally. we, we're running off them you know, as part of life and the way we live, but with this, this need to actually bring to the fore and talk through it. So we're not just making assumption of, Hey, you know that I'm going to need this time right. uh, because I need the quiet time. All right. You know, no, actually let's talk about it. Let's make it clear. Let's make it overt and work through that. And I'm hearing the, how people are getting that importance and ha the impact that's having. Mm -hmm. um, so it's removing those assumptions, removing the stress. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so what um, would you say kind of are the common behaviors or actions that leaders, I mean, like, so we're talking about communications. There's been some really good stories that we've, that we've heard. Some it's about, you know, mm. it's about building trust. Um, what, what are some of the practices that you feel like, man, yeah, these are the key parts of what good communication looks like um, coming out of crisis and kind of into even an uncertain time. Yeah. So I think what pops into my head first on this Becky is um, having that conversation sooner. Hmm. So I think about the difference between great managers and good managers and great managers act sooner. Hmm. And 
I think that's one of the key things is communicating sooner, not waiting, whether that's one-on-one or with the team, but having those conversations sooner. So that's one thing. Second thing is being aware that it may be difficult and even making that clear with the person Mm. you're talking about. It might be a tough conversation, but saying, hey, look, I know this might feel a bit icky. This might be a bit clunky, but I know it's something we need to talk about. So you actually put that out there because that will then ease the tension. I think the other thing is um, don't rush it. Yeah. Don't don't be like, hey, it's before we're about to start our meeting and I've got two minutes to tell you this this really important thing which we have never talked about and blah. <laughs> yep. Make, so you, you allow yourself, again, the grace and the kindness for you and the person you're talking to or the people uh, through the time to have that conversation. Mm. Um, and to, to, to do that effectively, you might need to do a bit of preparation. So a leader I was talking to this week, um, he needs to provide someone feedback. It's a a colleague, not someone he um, leads, but a peer. And he's not happy with the way they've been interacting on a project. And uh, we had a really valuable conversation about how he's going to prepare for that conversation, not just go in and blurt it out. So again, Mm. that preparation is really important. And again, how he can show up with some empathy and kindness for that person. I think the other part is um, being open to owning your stuff as well. Hmm. So with, with communication about how can we be future focused, solution focused and moving forward and what's your contribution. And um, when you own your stuff, when you show that vulnerability, that opens up the space for someone else to own theirs as well. Um, And that takes courage and uh, courage um, creates a space for other people to own theirs as well. That's true. Yeah. And you know, you're talking about like the being a good manager versus a great manager. Another thing that great managers do in this concept of communication is they individualize their communication. Mm, um, some of the best mm. leaders that I've ever met really understand their team. I mean, kind of this goes back to knowing your people from leaders who give a damn um, program that if you, when you really know them, um, you can individualize your communication and then their communication becomes much more effective. Um, If you know that someone loves recognition and praise, then you can start with every conversation with a genuine specific recognition and praise, right? Or if you know that they need time to think about things, you can give them a little, you know, heads up, um, bunt first before you have a home run conversation saying, Hey, I, you know, I want to talk about this X, Y, Z. And so I wanted to give you a little bit of time to think about it. I mean, those two examples, like there's, you know, hundreds of different examples of ways that you can utilize communication. Well, the bit that I think, and you and I are very passionate about strengths. And I think about um, knowing the strengths and preferences of people and how they like to be communicated with, not to, with. Um, And the one that I see comes up quite a bit is that uh, context. And knowing when you're communicating with someone, how important context is to them. Some people, mm. it's not so important. It might not be that, um, that big for them to know the detail, know the why, know the past. And others, it is so important. Yeah. And knowing that changes how that conversation is going to go. Because I've seen it when that context has been left out and it's important to someone and they still just don't get the why or the how and 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 they're not engaged to it and that that honestly just doesn't land whereas if someone has that importance to them and you know that and you as you said individualize the communication and embrace that 
they're going to really listen and you're going to have a much better conversation. Yeah. And you're going to be less frustrated as a leader too, right? Because more mm. of your things are going to land. More of your the things that you want to communicate are going to compute. You're going to have a more rich uh, dialogue back and forth instead of just like a, here, I'm communicating to you. And yet you don't, you don't know if it lands. You don't know if it really sticks, if it's really accepted and understood. Um, and so you'll be less frustrated if you realize like, oh, this person needs lots of context. Don't be you know, I don't need to be frustrated by that. I just need to provide that. And now they're going to be on board with the, you know, the next steps or at least more readily on board with the next steps. And as we talk about in leaders who give a damn in the program, we talk about self-awareness and there's the self-awareness about our own blind spots and our own Mm -hmm. communication preferences and being aware of that, how they might show up. So yes, we want to tailor our communication for those people talking with, but also how, we might have our own blind spots, which are going to maybe not match theirs and just being aware of that and, and being a bit flexible about that. So we can be effective in that communication. Yeah. Something we talk about in one of our future conversations, Becky, just want to plant the seed here. It's really important is the importance of clarity. And Mm. it's such a theme that I know you and I are going to talk about with some passion and we've seen this and of course, communication and these uh, more frequent regular short conversations bring that clarity and with clarity we reduce stress we reduce anxiousness we increase engagement we actually improve the alignment and productivity so communication and clarity go beautifully together Mm. yeah and have such an amazing impact not just on your team but on yourself as a leader as well of just like yeah. Oh, I can breathe easier. I, I mean, I know for a fact that that leader who didn't really want to dig into the details of all the things that went wrong on that tech issue, when she did, she, every, she breathed easier because now she can trust this person going forward as well. So it wasn't just about resolving the past, but trusting going forward. Um, and it, and the, that communication piece was a huge part of her feeling a, a new level of trust with that, that person. So a couple of suggestions here I want to put out, Becky, and it sort of builds beautifully on your um, individualization of communication Mm -hmm. that you mentioned. So one of them is, and this was a quote from a manager recently I was talking to, he said, everything doesn't need to be a Zoom meeting. Um, (laughs) Wait, what? It doesn't? (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Um, And his perspective that he's been feeling is, okay, we're all working from home hey, everyone, let's embrace Zoom and just Zoom, 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 Zoom all the time. And he's like, I'm so over it. He said, Mm. can't we just have a quick phone call sometimes? Mm. And I think the the evolution was everything was being emailed and then now we sort of moved into these online meetings. So I think take the pause in your communication. What's the best platform for this conversation? Is it Zoom? It could be, but it also might be an email or it might be a quick Mm. phone call. might even be a text message, but, Mm. you know, knowing what's going to be best. Yeah. Um, another one I want to quickly share, and that is don't schedule your meetings for 60 minutes or 30 minutes. Mm. What, what, like 54 minutes or something? I, hey, I like 54 minutes. That's cool. <laughs> Imagine being invited to a meeting for 54 minutes. People are going to say, what, why, why is it 54? What do I do with the other six minutes? What happens? You know what? With those six minutes, take a breath. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I 
Uh, we do talk about this in Leaders Who Give a Damn, and it's just a li little tweak. It's a little twist. So many teams and leaders have back-to-back -back mm, meetings. Yeah. If we give ourselves some grace, give ourselves some time, um, you know what? I'll put my hand up here and say, I reckon that the, what you want to cover in 60 minutes is going to get covered in 50 minutes or 54 minutes, as you said, yes. or not 30 minutes, but 25. And what that'll give you is some time, give you some time and some grace to go to the bathroom, to get a drink, to get yeah. something to eat. If you've got back to back stretch. meetings. Yeah. Yeah. I challenge people stretch. Yes. Let's get out of our seats. I challenge people to try this and see the impact and actually let us know and share it online. Yeah. I'd love to know, yep, tag Becky and I, and what's the impact when you've started setting meetings for 54 minutes or 23 minutes, and it's going to change people's mindset and start to rewire their brain and going, something's different happening, and let's just give it a shot and see yeah. what difference it makes. Yeah, and just one little additional challenge to that, Try not to fill those extra six minutes with checking your email real fast between meetings, right? I mean, sometimes you got to do that or yes. maybe you're checking it in your meeting. But the, the point of that is to create space and to create a mental space for the next meeting maybe um, so that you're communicating well in the next meeting and not just kind of blowing off steam from the last meeting. Um, and so as you do that, you're kind of being intentional about what do I use those six minutes for or those five minutes for that are in between meetings as well. 100% totally agree. And I think that's a great um, build on the shortened meetings that, um, and to what we're talking about uh, here in leadership about investing in yourself, um, giving yourself that time and your team. Cause every, when you do that, there's a ripple effect as well. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so Becky, to wrap us up, um, I just want, I'd love for you to share what uh, are some of the links here that you see with our leaders who give a damn program as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, um, over seven modules, Murray and I have seven conversations. And in those seven conversations, we talk about self-awareness, well-being, knowing your people, um, managing perceptions, prioritizing conversations, valuing relationships at every level and tacky, tackling busyness. And I would say that communication is a common thread that kind of weaves throughout every single one of those modules. Um, and, um, and kind of like today where we try to leave you with a couple like, well, what can I do with this? Um, that's, that's what we yeah. do in this, pro the Leaders Who Give a Damn program as well. Um, that's even more robust with worksheets and action items and just kind of an action plan for how can I really put these things into place so that my leadership does make an impact so that I am a leader that other people just are hankering to follow, are inspired to follow. Um, and uh, so if you're enjoying conversations like this podcast, I think you'll really, really enjoy the Leaders Who Give a Damn program. I, I totally agree. And I've loved our conversations on that program just as much as this one today. And just getting to share the um, great things that leaders are doing that are working right. and what we know have worked over the years as leaders ourselves. So again, Becky, um, this has been awesome chatting about the importance of communication and um, look forward to some of those tags as people try some of these little tips we're talking about. So uh, thank you again so much. Yeah, this has been wonderful. And our podcast number three in this series, we'll be talking about individualization and flexibility. So um, uh, stay tuned for that one. We'll love to have a conversation about what that means as a leader and what it can mean into this kind of new period coming out of crisis. So we'll chat later, Marie. 
Yep, see you on individualization. Thanks, Becky. All right, bye-bye. The story that particularly stands out to me is of the leader who was willing to have the tough conversations so that she could maintain trust and transparency. You know, communication is not all like coffee chats and laughter, though of course it needs that too. Often hard work and courage are what it takes. And if you as a leader can emphasize honest and frequent communication, you can take a step toward the type of influence that you're looking for as a leader too. I hope you, that you follow along with this series here on the podcast as we get into three more themes that have shined through the best leaders in this time of lockdown. Also, if we're not already connected, Murray and I would both love to connect with you on Instagram and or LinkedIn, where we can continue the conversation around leadership and strengths and this time of crisis. On Instagram, you can find me at IsogoStrong and Murray, you can find him at Murray Guest. On LinkedIn, find both of us by our first and last names. I hope you do that. Also, before we sign off real quick, I wanna make sure that you know about a huge crisis discount that we've been offering for the Leaders Who Give a Damn program. We chatted about the program a little bit in this episode today. And if you really wanna be a leader who inspires others to follow, even in crisis, even in uncertainty, then you can find all the details over at leaderswhogiveadam.com. You can use the code 50PROMO for 50% off through this crazy tough time that really continues to persist. Again, that promo code is 50, the number is 50PROMO for the 50% off the Leaders Who Give a Damn program. We would be honored for you to join us. You and your strengths have the power to make a ripple effect in your family, on your team, and ultimately across the entire world. We can feel that now more than ever. The world needs your strengths. So learn them, love them, and live them in your own circles of influence. Until next time, on Isogo TV.